The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Sunday, 26th of April. The Fujicast. Do you have um, your sort of remote um, church session today, Kev? Um, You you go to church virtually now, of course, don't you, being a Sunday? Yep. Yep. We've we've managed to get another webcam, so it's all a little bit more detailed now. What do you mean? Well, there's there's, there's like, it's it's turning into a multicam thing now, is it? It is. I've even ordered something that's going to take a while to come from America, so we can hopefully rig up my XT3 and use that as a webcam. You need well, uh, you need some kind of special adapter. Yeah, it's going to be like uh, uh, for, for the, the Americans won't understand this reference, but anybody in the UK um, understands. It's going to be like it's going to be like that. The Sunday um, uh, songs of praise, songs of praise, <laughs> songs of praise always used to mean um, to me one thing: weekend over, school is tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, that was true, yeah. yeah. Actually, it's probably more like Vicar of Dibley than Songs of Praise, I have to say. Well, you're one. <laughs> Welcome to The Daily Show, the Fujicast, a show about you, your photography, your life-making pictures, once weekly, now daily during lockdown weekends. Our chance to play you longer-form interviews today, photojournalism, and a much-respected photojournalist from the UK, Ian Forsyth. Last weekend, Kev, I talked to Adam Gray, a British PJ, now working out of New York City, and he was talking about... The, the strong access he has to, um, well, just to be able to make pictures. Did it surprise you to learn that, that he felt we're in some respects thwarted as photojournalists in this country, that we're, we're somehow prevented from doing our jobs? Censored, if you like. And that might be too strong a word. Yeah, I don't think we're censored. But yeah, I, I know I wasn't surprised by what he said, though. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, we're free press and all that kind of stuff, but it's just certainly a, a direction of sorts, isn't it? Do you think the, the celebrity, um, I, I, I meant to ask this of Ian, and I can't, we kind of touched on celebrity culture, but we didn't, didn't properly. I was going to ask him, do you think the fact that people have got absolutely bored rigid with uh, celebrity, you know, stuff in 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 papers that that's why you know and and when celebrities bleat on about oh you've invaded my life quick take another picture they don't all talk like that obviously that that we (laughs) we've we've kind of we've we've kind of with withdrawn press rights because of that nonsense (laughs) is is that yeah. Um, I don't think the, no. the public have got bored of the celebrities. I think it's still rampant. I hate it. Mm. But it's cheap journalism, isn't it? Cheap, cheap content. Everybody Ugh. wants to be a celebrity. Everybody wants attention. Um, you rarely see the proper celebrities on these celebrity things. Well, don't say that. You'll the upset all those yeah, celebrities. Up, yeah, you'll upset all those people from Made in Chelsea. Although they're probably proper celebrities, aren't they? I don't know. I've never no. watched it. What's a proper celebrity, Kev? Well, somebody who somebody who I would watch and listen to. <laughs> all, all the others who I wouldn't. Are that's not. Don, Don McCullin. That's about it then. Everybody else, <laughs> not included. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I hate all that stuff. I have yeah. to say, celebrity bake off, celebrity change <laughs> shoes, celebrity pick your own nose, celebrity poke you in the eyes, celebrity swimming. They even had celebrity. Did you see this one? Oh my god, celebrity. He's, he's um, on one now. He's uh, on they, one. They, they, they went on the essay. They went on the essay. Oh, I didn't see it, but I know of it. Yeah, yeah. And a whole load of celebrities who are not really celebrities, but yeah. perhaps were once and now aren't, and perhaps you know want to be more than they are. Yeah. All being shouted at, and literally every other word was the F word. Literally the F word. Um, and that's another program I didn't like. And and they they um, it was just terrible, absolutely terrible. But and it was prime time, like nine o'clock on ITV or something. 
Oh, what do you think it is about celebrities that, that has made us so fascinated? I, when I, I'm a bit like you. I don't really get it. Well, I liked it when they categorised them, A-list and B-list. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, you've got proper celebrities, and then the rest are just wannabe, attention-seeking, people that will do absolutely anything for a bit of attention. And then when they get the attention, they complain about it. You know, I know, and then, I know. And I'm, I'm like, oh, oh really, don't really, take a picture really, of me. No, God. please, no. Oh, left side, please, if you're going to do it. This is my better side. Rick, Ricky Gervais, and not um, obviously, I'm I'm not suggesting. You've got kids listening at the, the over your ear, uh, the uh, over the over your shoulder at the moment, with their their ears all um, uh, perked up for this. You, you must say to them, don't watch it. But Ricky Gervais <laughs> made a series of films that seemingly are in his pajamas on YouTube, where he has a real pop at celebrities and celebrity culture, which was um, I can't help feeling he he was um, he maybe had a. A couple of glasses of falling down juice. Maybe not. Maybe not. But uh, well, as I was watching him, <laughs> it was very, very funny. Right. Maybe that's what we should do for the hundredth episode. You know, What's that? which is coming up in what I don't know, five days. Yeah. Maybe we should just make sure we've had loads of wine beforehand. Mm, we'll have to record the one in the evening then. All um, right, uh, Kev. What are we going to do? No, that would be socially unacceptable, Kev. Unedited. Get me in all my angry glory. <laughs> Well, about uh, well, maybe what we should do is is have the day off and just let Gemma and Sam present the hundredth show. I'll, I'll watch. <laughs> I'm a celebrity. Get me off this mountain, wherever it is beforehand. Yeah, that's not a bad idea actually. Oh, about Sam and Gemma. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. But I'm not sure we should do it for the hundredth show. It would seem wrong, wouldn't it, to not not to turn up to our hundredth party? We could call him the inglorious. <laughs> <laughs> Beg your pardon. That's a film, isn't it? Is it? No, I've never seen that one. I don't know. Type it, in, type it into Google. Just I will on. do. Um, right, a question. We've just got one question. Um, in fact, it's not so much a question; it's, it's more a point. And that, well, I do have one question and one point. Um, D- uh, Denise Bass from Rhode Island. Um, and by the way, her website is denisebass.com. There's a reason for telling you that. I've been a diehard fan of you both, saw your show um, and your show since I discovered the Fujicast six months ago. This is my first time writing. I just saw Neil's Facebook post reminding us how important it is to ask questions and share stories during these scary times in order to keep the show going. So I'm motivated, right, because the thought of no Fujicast is, well, don't even go there. Well, it's very kind of you, Denise. I don't have a question right now. I just want to share my current situation. I'm one of those photographers who has a day job, shoots on nights and weekends. I've been making some money the last 10 years with weddings and portraits and real estate. I don't make enough to support myself, but I do make enough to support that gas problem. Uh, Denise wrote um, basically, Kev, how she's always loved photography but couldn't afford the financial risk to take the leap. And that is the difficult bit, isn't it? Long, Long and short is, Kev, just prior to lockdown, a friend of hers who owns an ad agency invited her to take that leap of faith and go join her. And Denise took the job, left her old one, took that job, and then this virus hit town. Um, so she's not even sure there'll be a job to start. But she talks a lot about a little voice in her head saying, it's the right time. And it does sound like that to me, Denise. It sounds like it is the start of your new chapter. Do you, do you remember, what was the voice in your... We've heard the story many times, obviously, about you making the decision to take that leap. But did, did you have a little voice in your head that was saying, come on, Kev, be brave, do it. I know you're earning far more money working in the city, but poof, who needs money? <laughs> um, I don't think there was a little voice, really. It was all down to desperation to get out. I have to say, I couldn't, I just couldn't do that nine to five any longer and all the commute. No. That was that was the little voice. The little voice was, don't, just stop. Just go away, leave it, yeah. do were something you, else. Were you financially set when you, when you started? Were you okay oh. for a little while? Oh, no, no, no. I... Um, 
you know, bearing in mind we we just bought the house, we j- just had a baby, and all that kind of stuff. So it had to work. I, I think I I remember. I mean, maybe it was like twelve, thirteen years ago. I think I had like two or three months worth of leeway. Right. Um, and yeah. So no, absolutely not. And and I know you said you know you, you used to earn far more in the city. Uh, yeah. I I mean I did earn you know reasonable rates, but but no more than than perhaps I would on a good year shooting weddings. Oh, it really? I, I just um, had this idea that you were eating lunch out of a Porsche, a new Porsche that you bought each day or something. No, I might have eaten lunch out of somebody else's Porsche occasionally, but not my own. <laughs> it's Monday. Sure. Should we take the green Porsche or the red one? No, I worked. I worked it. Listen to this. This is what I used to do, funny enough. I used to work in um, Bank of England regulatory reporting. Mm which meant that I used to have to send all of the information to the Bank of England. I write the systems that send all the information to the Bank of England at the Blimey, end of the day to Kev. ensure that the trades were legal and fair and all that kind of stuff. That sounds very grown up. Uh, it was very grown up. It was quite stressful. And um, the, so I dealt with the traders a lot. And, and they, who were, uh, to a man and woman, invariably about 20 years younger than me, and some of them were, their bonuses and everything were millions, like were millions. Oh. You know. But they brought the bank in millions, so fair, fair play. Yeah. And then they brought it down by millions, didn't they, years later? <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, Denise says, P.S. I blast the Fujicast through the speakers in the mornings before work. Even though my husband doesn't really listen to the show, I do catch him laughing at some of the things you both say. A couple of Mondays ago, I was running late and didn't have the time to listen. He said, where are Kevin Neal with the E today? See? <laughs> He's missing us. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? I like that. I like so, that little so, story. Hello, Mr. Bass. Yeah. Uh, Penny Penny March. Well, it looks like more distancing uh, is is on the cards for a little while at least. Question for Kevin. I've started shooting street work alongside my portrait and wedding work as something to challenge myself more. I guess this will be when it all starts up again, this question. I'm trying to do more street portraits where I'm forced to interact. Um, I wonder if you have any tips as to how I should go about this when it all starts again, uh, is the caveat. I know I know you work very much hands-off, Kevin, but if you were to approach a commission where you had to take pictures of people going about there every day, how would you even think about going about it yourself? Okay, so if this is – I'm not sure if this is a question about street portraits, i.e. just going up to a stranger and saying, can I take your picture? Same I think like it that. is. I think it is, yeah. 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 So, well, that's the key, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, you've got to have the confidence to do it. And, and typically, I would suggest that the people who look a little bit, I don't know, I want to say different, but, you know, maybe they've got a Mohican or they've got, you know, lots of tattoos or earrings or, you know, beautiful hair or, or hat or I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But typically, those people are, are like that because they like the attention it brings, right? Um, so those people are usually the easiest ones, no matter how frightening they look. Yeah. To and I'm not saying everybody with a tattoo or hair, earrings or mohican or funny hair or anything is scary. No, uh, <laughs> it did sound a bit like that. I know, <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, there's a lovely little Hoxton mini press book um, called I can't remember what it's called now. It's in the back of the room, but it's I think it's just called Portraits of People of London or something. Right. Um, oh, I think I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. I know. Really beautiful. I know it. Yes. Uh, and they are just random people. Um, maybe I'll, uh, on for Wednesday's book book review, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll dig that one out. Um, and it's uh, it's they're just regular ordinary people. And uh, you know the guy has, uh, there's an introduction to the book uh, that, where he explains how he you know he got the process of going up mm-hmm. to total strangers and, and speaking to them and everything. Um, and yeah, it's it's actually something I would quite like to do as well. I must admit. And maybe that's something I'm going to put on my be braver list. Yeah, it is a case of bravery. I mean. Going back to, I've talked about this before, the uh, the Daytona portraits I did, people of Daytona. 
um, I found I made a little YouTube film about that, and I did find that um, it did. It took, I must have walked up to the first person a good few times before I found the first person I actually talked to because it was it was just about it was just about making that first picture really, and when when I'd had the first yes, I thought oh oh okay <laughs> all right then. And then I did get a few no's during the day, but I wasn't really bothered about the no's after that. In fact, when people said no, there was one guy in a flea market um, just outside Daytona who was running, um, I, I think it was a, I think it was a, I, I, it was a, a book, a book stand. It was all, funny enough, it was a Trump book stand. And I went up to him and asked him if he, and I, he eyed me very suspiciously. And it was almost like, who is this limey? asking uh, you know me to make pictures about a, a portrait me in front of a trump badge and he just he was really quite rude to me to be honest but by that stage i was like no 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 i was i was a bit why not you know whereas before i wouldn't have said boo to a goose you find you find you, you find a bit of faith after asking the first couple you just it's like diving off a high board isn't it and the other thing to do is go with somebody else as well so have oh, yeah. somebody with you yeah. who uh you know who so it doesn't look like you're just uh you're you know compute completely peculiar person by yourself have somebody with mm. you who's maybe holding your bag or your a tripod or something to make it look like it's a proper thing mm. rather than just a random thing and obviously it goes without saying you know if you're if you're going to be using these images for anything then you must you know kind of speak to them and say look uh you know here's give me your email address i'll send you a copy or whatever you know yeah the legality of it will will differ in, in different countries won't it but but essentially are, are you just not allowed to because they're on the street aren't you allowed to take a, are you allowed to make a portrait aren't you? you don't have to have a model release from them uh, Oh no 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 yeah you're absolutely allowed to do it but I'm just it's just from the politeness point of view. Oh right yeah. yeah. Cur- somebody and say I really love your hat. Yeah. Can I take a p- picture of you? And then they say yeah. Well, you know you're going to say great. Give me your email address or uh, or I'll give you my email address yeah. and uh, email me and I'll send you a copy. Why, why do you think the the other person makes a difference having having somebody with you? Why why does that make a difference? Well it just looks a bit more professional doesn't oh, it? Oh I and, see. All right. You know it just looks like it's a it's it's a it's a proper thing rather than just a yeah. random person. On the In street. your case maybe you should take somebody with a Mohican. I should probably take somebody who doesn't look quite so angry somebody as very very frightening so oh, i'm not going to say no yeah you can take my picture <laughs> i tell you what i'm going to do that that's 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 and uh, you and i are going to do that neil that's oh, our, really uh, is that our, yeah. our coming that's, out coming out of the cold yep um project should we film yeah. ourselves doing it no no all right okay no <laughs> why, <laughs> why not you were very quick with a no there right we'll get someone else to film it yeah all right photojournalism now, I don't need to give you too much backstory on Ian Forsyth, as the chat we had reveals his army photographic past that led to him becoming a respected news photojournalist in the UK. What is interesting are his continuing comments about how much freedom photojournalists have in this country compared to others. A discussion, of course, I've, I've now had with Kev, and yes, Adam Gray on the streets of New York last weekend, but the levels to Ian Forsyth's work are many and varied, including some very personal personal projects ian just to clear this one up from the outset your website is room2850.com why, why that it, it harks back to the day of life magazine um oh, right and what i as a very young lad young, youngster i used to collect them and, and read them and as my interest in photography grew it was life magazine and magazines of that type mm. that had a quite a big influence on this on the type of photography that that i like to view and, and now like to like to try and and, and and do myself room 2850 was the room in the american office of life magazine where all of the photographers you know when they were in town used to sit and meet to discuss projects or shoots they were going to do 
kick ideas around and that was the room that that those ideas were were born of some of those you know amazing stories that i'm sure we've all seen in life magazine and i watched some documentary ages ago and as they mentioned the fact room 20 or 50 i thought yeah that's yeah. that's quite a good <laughs> good name for for what was a blog for me then and then became my website because right. of that i wonder if room 2850 still exists somehow i wonder what it is now oh i, I, I don't know <laughs> who no knows idea. probably probably been changed into apartments or something maybe probably, yeah know. yeah They'll have no idea how important that room was. So you started your photographic career in the Army Photographic Unit, didn't you? Was that, was that how it all started? Yeah, that's right. Um, I was in the Army for 22 years. For so 16 of those years, I was a, um, the forward observer in the Royal Artillery. So we used to work alongside our infantry and armoured colleagues, up with them, do what they did. And when uh, there was a requirement to bring down artillery fire, it was the responsibility of, of myself and colleagues like me to, to bring down that artillery fire. Throughout all of this, photography had been of, of an increase in interest to me. And I was taking pictures and I was enjoying it and I was teaching myself black and white film development and all that good stuff. Mm. Dark room in my bedroom at home, bin bags over the windows, all of that sort of business. <laughs> um, and it was great. And then as I, appro- as I continued through my army career, I became aware of the army photograph trade until which point i didn't even know that it existed to be fair but it's a very small trade under the uh, rlc royal logistic corps cat badge mm-hmm. um and at the time that i was in i think there was about 36 people total uh who'd all transferred from whatever units they were in uh and joined us or continued whatever careers they had from there as army photographers and that's what i did for the last six years of my career now you're a stringer now a contributor for getty images news which which means your images generally go to who in terms of, of distribution um all of the um editorial subscribers to Getty images globally um would potentially have the site of any pictures that i file down to the picture desk so that people understand what exactly is is a stringer what does a stringer do ian um well i'm a i'm a i'm a freelance photographer um, so I, I work for myself. I'm responsible for my own, my own books, my own, you know, tax returns, all that kind of self-employed stuff. But what I then do is I look around at my my patch, which is northeast England and North Yorkshire. Mm. Um, and through the course of the year, I look through and I'll, and I'll look at and I'll find out about, or I'll see, or I'll hear about all kinds of events, which I then take and think, okay, will this event that's happening this weekend? be of interest to get the images if i think so then i'll go back to the to the person that i deal with on the picture desk and say look i've got this coming up at the weekend what do you think if they say yes we like that we'll, we'll take that then essentially that's the confirmation of me being a stringer for them for that day so essentially you, you become staff for the duration of that job so you get a wage um you get a shift like a shift fee you get your mileage and expenses you go and shoot the job edit caption file uh, in, in the in the normal sort of way to get those pictures down to the picture desk and on the go on that distribution network for, for potential editorial clients to see. So the next day I could go and do a completely different job for somebody else. I'm not obligated by contract for Tegetti outside of that particular shift. See, that makes sense. you've very much got to be a journalist, haven't you? You've got to be you've got to be sniffing out stories constantly. Never mind the photo bit, because you've you've got to provide yourself with your income. You've got to go find something that's interesting that you believe other people will buy into. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The, the vast majority of time, as a, as a freelance photographer working in the editorial world, is is exactly that. It's mm. looking at local news, checking out local news websites, seeing what the national news is. Any big stories on a national level is that illustrated on a local level, like t- local to me, you know, geographically. Can I then 
drive to York and do it? Can I go to Leeds and do something? Is is a Newcastle, which represents that wider story that was on that big national issue? So all the time you're looking at things that are on to try and tie it in with that that news agenda, that news sort of cycle. Yeah, I, I would imagine that this this period of photojournalism, there must be plenty of stories, plenty of things to talk about. We're living through unparalleled um, unparalleled times, Ian, aren't we? Most of us who haven't lived through war, for example. So so in the most, it's unparalleled. But in photojournalism. Is it just another day at the office or, or, or is it providing you stories that you, you otherwise thought you wouldn't have got? I'm sure, I'm sure it must be the latter. It's, it's very much the latter. It's, it's very much. I mean, the, the issues that affect you on a day-to-day basis before coronavirus was even a thing um, are still relevant to a point. You know, the, the phone calls, the emails, the thinking of ideas, the follow-ups. But, the, you know, the subject matter right now is everything pretty much is, is surrounded by or in the, the all-encompassing sort of umbrella of coronavirus. So, you know, all of the different things that people are doing, you're looking at these to try and represent that and document that and make a photographic record of these things. Even, even if it's a more, a, quite a benign thing in the scheme of this virus, all of it adds to a collective photographic record of this particular time in our history and this particular time in our history quite clearly is unprecedented hopefully never repeated again but in you know five years 10 years 50 years time when the when the the historians and, and education and people look back on this particular time they need to see photographic pictures that truly represent what it was like and what the, what was happening. But I know from a conversation you had with a good friend of ours, uh, Giles, friend of the show, that you're concerned about access. And you're talking about the next 50, 100 years just a moment ago. And, and that, that was one of your concerns. And I spoke with a British photojournalist now based in New York for a recent interview, and he, he mooted this point of access, Ian, that he felt that American institutions and the American public, they understand the need for access far more than what he experienced in the UK. And I know you agree with that, but what, but, but to what extent is access not being given? What, what do you think you're missing? I think we've got pretty much everything covered with across the country, um, which everyone's already seen. You know, we've got clap for carers, we've got rainbows and windows, we've got testing centres, we've got food distribution networks, we've got illustrations of people doing things under lockdown, be it exercising or walking a dog or whatever. We've got Nightingale hospitals in preparation, and once they're open, less for patient admission. So you've got hospital beds and ventilators, and you've got a facility that's ready to go. You know, we've got we've got food banks, we've got key workers doing whatever essential work they're doing in a whole manner of areas, from refuse collectors right across to you know paramedics and police officers. We've got all of that sorted, and that will continue because you don't just stop taking those pictures. But it's I think until I think it was yesterday, I haven't seen any UK coverage from within. Yeah. Uh, an intensive care unit um, and that I think is one key area that is imperative to be recorded documented photographed but it's a tricky one you know there are obvious and quite clear sensitivities as well as risks to to, to the people involved yeah. um, health risks um, that have to be considered but it's it's not something which should immediately rule out the opportunity of going to do that. So I think some people will confuse access and thinking that we have lots of it with the um, with the banality of celeb culture. Just because so and so from Made in Chelsea complains about press intrusion, we all start to think photographers have far too much access. When when actually when it comes to to real news, why are we squeamish about access in the UK? And, and do you, do you think for some that'll come as a bit of a surprise, Ian, that you're even suggesting we suffer from a form of with small c censorship i think it's something which has been building over a period of years and, and i don't think there's one set thing that was the the point at which the you know the tipping point 
after which everything changed. But there have been a number of things over the years which have contributed, some greater than others, to a, to a, this overriding thing where, oh, no, it's the media is the, is the, yeah. the, the kind of mindset, you know. Um, and that brings with it straight away sort of barriers and potential hurdles which, which we have to try and, and get around in whatever way we can. Yes, it, it can be a sensitive issue. Yes, it's a difficult issue. Yeah. Yes, not everyone in the country might want to sit down and look at that picture on a newspaper, but it's it's beyond it's bigger than that. It's it's for that purpose, and it's for it's for moving further down the line from a historical point of view as well. What's your personal feeling toward the disease? In, insofar as you're seeing more than most and making images, if, if not the whole access, you're certainly seeing far more than most of us who are being asked to put our camera batteries on charge and just wait it all out. Do, do you have any personal feelings towards it? Um, I, I think it's shown me the best that this country can be, and it's shown me some of the not so good things this country can be. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got I've got friends who who I know where I live who work for the N who work for the NHS. You know, they're they're you know doctors or they work in that environment, so I can fully a- appreciate and understand the difficulties that they're going through, um, and their 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 response and the way they've stepped up to this is is quite admirable, yeah. uh, quite clearly. That is all the you know key workers across the board clearly it's difficult you know this is strange for everybody no one's used to being told stay in your house you can't come out apart from this one time to go and walk your dog or go for a run or whatever so it's putting pressures on people that that the vast majority of people would would never have had any concept of before this but on the whole most people are dealing with it in a very admirable way i've seen seen some images coming out of the metropolitan areas in particular which show show the the so-called the the worst side of it do you do you feel do you feel tempted as a photo journalist to to name and shame with your pictures in that respect i think as a photographer as a as a photojournalist as someone working in the press we're not we're not creating pictures that are going to be edited to such a degree um that it becomes something different it has to be an accurate recording yeah. of what's taking place in front of you um does that mean that that image can't be beautiful to look at in, in one sense, or as, as artistic, of course, you know, as a photographer, you want to try and do that as well. Mm. But it has to be an honest representation of what you're looking at. Are there ways to shoot pictures in order to give an effect or uh, um, to, to portray something in a way which might not be entirely accurate? Well, yes. Is it something which I would go out and do deliberately in order just to fit some kind of agenda, whether it was something I agreed with or not? No, absolutely not. To the best of my knowledge, every other press photographer would have a, you know the, the same the same viewpoint. Well, let's investigate that a bit more. As an image maker, as a reporter of news, there's a responsibility to tell the truth. You've said that, and I, you know I can see that in your images. But in the blink of an eye, a frozen moment at say I don't know one five hundredth can completely remove context from a moment. How, how do you prevent that? You know that turning observation into some kind of statement or narrative because. People, in particular politicians, can do daft stuff that may only last a couple of seconds, but you can make those couple of seconds last much, much, much longer, can't you? Absolutely. And I think, again, that's down to the, that's down to the, the, maybe the photographer in the first instance. Um, Not so much to not take the picture. Um, but in how they then edit it and, and file a set of pictures afterwards. I mean, I've got pictures on my archives. I've covered a lot of politics, a lot of um, the, 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 the party conferences, and I've got pictures of all the, the main politicians in, uh, giving a speech or talking, and you can catch them, like you say, in a, in a five hundredth of a second, and they've just got some weird look on the face, and they just look a bit silly. Yeah. That, you know, that's not because the politicians, that's just everyone who has, has their face frozen in a picture at that particular time. Yeah. 
Now, I'm not going to file that and use that picture unless it adds to the story. You know, I'm not just going to say, oh, and here's a picture of so-and-so because they look stupid, because that's just ir- that's irresponsible um, photography and irresponsible journalism to me. There are there are times when I see humour appearing in, in your work. And, for example, there's a wonderful image you took, Ian, of a group of men on a march to leave, which I would imagine is a Brexit image. But yeah. you, you position yourself in front of one of our brown tourist information road signs that's pointing humorously to Cuckoo Land. So, so there's there's a, there's a lot of story. It's become a kind of political comment, and and you can you can actually affect that, can't you, as a as a photographer, very powerfully. Yeah, of course. And I think if it's if it's done in a way, I mean, you know, a little bit of humour thrown in the mix of some yeah. of these serious yeah. subjects when it comes to Brexit is, is not a bad thing. No, let's face no, it. No. Um, as long as it's not ridiculing an individual or embarrassing somebody in in a very clear and obvious way. I was surprised to see, by the way, in the galleries while we're talking about it, a real diversity of genre and subject matter. I mean, uh, there was a wry smile that you should place weddings next to conflict. But uh, do do you think that variety of of ability is going to be really essential to photographers now moving forward? That they're not they're not one thing or the other, but they have a real breadth of ability. I think it's I think going forward, you know, life after coronavirus will will necessitate that. I've got friends and colleagues who are freelance photographers, and they may they may do weddings. Um, Now, clearly, their business has been affected quite significantly um same with you know commercial photographers um so on on the other side of it they're going to have to come out of it and it might just be that they're able to to carry on doing whatever their kind of core business was before it stopped for for coronavirus um alternatively um they may have to spread you know spread themselves a little bit wider to cover things that may ordinarily have have not really looked at but you know as as a photographer i don't you know it's the good tools to have you know if you photograph a wedding or you photograph um a commercial shoot or you have to do a portrait it might be slightly uncomfortable if that's not the, the world that you work in initially you know provisionally but you can bring what you learn from that into whatever your business main kind of business is and as a news photographer you know occasionally you've got to do portraits you've got to do stuff with, with sport you might you know you, you're going into environments that are completely unfamiliar to you mm-hmm. usually and you've got to try and find nice pictures uh, and make something of that particular opportunity um so the ability to sort of turn your hand you know jack of all trades master of them all if you can yeah um but but you know it's not a bad thing to to try your um i was looking through the gallery and and your story the empty chair about your father and his battle with parkinson's and then dementia was was just an incredible work ian um and your dad passed i think last december didn't he Uh, and and it reminded me so much of the film i made with a photographer called mark seymour as he documented his father's battle with dementia for for mark i saw his work on this this you know really personal project as part of a coping mechanism and I wonder what drove you to make that story about Dad. I mean, it, it's it must have been a very difficult story to make. Um, it was it, it was it was strange. I mean, it's because going back to what we what we mentioned before with with my time in the army, um, I spent the vast majority of that away. Um, so I probably didn't see my parents as often uh, as 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 most people, or as, as the majority of people, I guess. Um, so it was quite unusual for me to, to to spend as much time with them as I did. Um, as a photographer, the, the, the question of should I make a photographic record of this um, crossed my mind in about a thousandth of a second. Right. I, I didn't deliberate. I didn't think for long and hard about should I or shouldn't I. Yeah. It wasn't a question of it. It was absolutely that I should um, because that's that's what I do, you know. And it's it, it's a difficult subject matter, clearly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's very close to home. But again, it's it's very important to do that. Um, not only for me to have a personal record of that last sort of period. Um, of my dad's life but 
you know, again, stepping back from the immediate personal nature of it, it's important to have those kind of pictures shot and kept somewhere um, because it, it's part of life, isn't it? And you've got to you've yeah. got to photograph it. Did did your dad? I know toward the end he wouldn't have, but uh, did your dad have um, any input into the piece? Did did you talk about it at all? We we spoke about it occasionally. Um, he used, you know, he he had a very dry sense of humour. Yeah. Um, so he used to kind of play up to the camera a little bit. I'd do a few little little things here and there, which you know. Um, but so you could, you know, and he, he liked the fact that I was doing it, and I think he appreciated that it was an important thing to do. Yeah. To be honest, there are there are some long term projects in there too. Jurassica, Coast People, uh, amongst them, uh, which are, I'm, I may be wrongly assuming are non paying projects. But how important is it to have a project? That you think, you know, I've got a long tail thing here. I, as a creative, are those sort of things important to keep the juices flowing? No, without without a doubt, I, I think um, if if you've got the time and the opportunity to do a, a, a project, whatever it is, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose out as a result. I mean, the the, the, the ones that you've mentioned, they've been running for for quite a while. The the Jurassic one, I haven't really touched for pro- possibly very close to a year, right. just I haven't had the opportunity or whatever. But so what? In in six months, I might go back to it. Mm-hmm. it it's one of these things on the back burner, which you can add to. Um, the, the the country show one I did I've been shooting country shows for a long long time and I I, I love it I love going to them and, and seeing the whole environment I think is really good uh, and as a photographer it's it's there's a wealth of opportunities yeah. um, to to document it I don't um, think there's anything quite like a British country show is there this is the stuff that books are made of isn't it it's phenomenal um, you you could bring someone who would never experienced a country show and yeah. plop them down in the middle of it and they just look around and think what what where have I landed some kind of strange planet yeah. um, it, it brings the everything that is quintessentially um, and, and I mean good or bad um, about about th- this country and the nature of our relationship with with animals um, and it's it's fascinating to watch the, that interaction as a photographer I've often thought that when, when you come over to this country as a, as a as a tourist don't worry about going to see all the tourist places go to a country show and you'll really see a bit of Britain you'd never thought you'd you'd, you'd witness but oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah, it's yeah. citizen journalism smartphones ever smaller capture devices in the hands of the public Ian for, for instance I'm I'm following a doctor on YouTube who's telling the stories within the hospitals that you know you'd like to tell but is is this citizen journalism is it a good thing is it helpful or, is it, or does it miss the nuance of, of a professional's eye i think um if, if i think generally it could there's the risk of, a, of it missing the the legality of a professional's eye in the sense that and in the ethical eye um because they you know these days it's all too easy to, to just shoot away in whatever format and, and it's on social media and there it is. It isn't, you know, you can delete it or whatever, but it's been seen, it's whatever. And in the vast majority of cases, that's absolutely fine. You know, do I see it as a threat to, to me and what I do? Not not really. No, I mean, if something happens and I'm not there and there's one person with a camera phone to record that one moment of history, then who cares if it was on a camera phone or not? But I think the risk is that the ethics and the legality of pictures that are shot by a person who may not understand the legalities and the ethics of taking that picture. I think that's the that's that's the that's the area that needs work on. Mm, mm. Um, if people want to take pictures, great. More, more you know, more people who take photographs, the better. It's it's, great. it's a brilliant thing to do. But 
if you're going to use those pictures to inform a public through a, a media platform, then with that comes responsibility uh, and it has to be taken very seriously. And that's where the professional photographer, the professional reporter, mm. the professional news cameraman, the, the men and women in the media that, that do this as a profession, they understand that. And we, we don't always get it right. You know, I'm not saying everyone in the media is perfect. Clearly, we're just normal people like everyone else. But at least we have an understanding and an, an acknowledgement of that it needs to be considered. Now, we're, we're um, reasonably brand agnostic when it comes to talking to people such as yourself and learning more about photography. Um, so forgive me for a kick question, but I'm going I'm to slip one in as a, a final question. I, I think I, I noted looking at your various galleries, Ian, that you shoot a real variety of kit. I spotted the Army Standard Issue Nikons, uh, plenty of red spots in there for Leica, a Sony or two, but a healthy number of Fuji film bodies and lenses. Um, yes, and um, I wonder yeah. what, what what was the thinking behind it because sometimes I see you sporting a sporting a, a Fuji film alongside something else with a with a you know longer lens on it and, and when when do you use them and what for? I'm, a, I'm an I'm an impoverished freelance, so I don't have much money at all. Clearly, um, and these are just what I can afford at a time that um, I think I'm going to need it. When I when I left the army, I, I was straight on Nikon's because that's what I was familiar with. Yeah. Um, the Nikons that I got I had a couple of D3, uh, D3 and a D3S, I think okay. it was. Right. Um, and they were fairly battered because I got them secondhand and, yeah. and they needed upgrading. And I certainly couldn't afford to drop at that time, I don't know, was it 12 grand or whatever it was on a couple yeah. of new bodies or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'd been looking at the Fuji system and I'd moved to Fuji complete. Um, so I went with the Nikons and came a couple of, of uh, X-Pro 1s. And then on I went um, to, to a, a number of different news jobs, feeling slightly undergunned, to be fair. Right. And um, in those early days of Fuji, there was a lot of uh, choice words being used to, mm. to shout at the cameras. Because obviously, if you shout at your cameras, they work better, <laughs> clearly. Because um, they, they weren't quite there. But I, I stayed with them, and I moved through X-T1s, and then onto X-Pro 2s. Um, and was was happy once we got X Pro twos. Um, the, the quality was there, the speed was there. There were some areas potentially I wasn't quite happy with, and I'm purely talking from a professional news angle. Do you know what I mean? When you when yeah. you need everything to be firing on full full cylinders. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that I found that I was missing was the ability to live file. Right. Um, some of the political jobs and news jobs, I could see that colleagues um, from other agencies um, who, were, who were friends. There's, there's healthy rivalry there, clearly, because that's that's the business we're in. But yeah. we're all we're all decent mates up here, and they were live filing pictures, and I was losing out as a result. So I had to sort of bite the bullet, and I made the call to move to Sony, um, partly because of the obviously that mirrorless, like like the Fujis, um, which which I like a little bit on a cheap, little bit cheaper than the than the Canons and Nikon top end, and everything I'd heard from colleagues who were using and where they were really good performers. Um, so I, I made the big financial jump to Sony, and I've had those now for, oh, I don't know, six months maybe, five, six months, yeah. um, and I'm getting on really nicely with them, really good. My thanks to Ian Forsyth for his time in talking to us for the, the Fujicast Daily uh, just a couple of days ago, as uh, as it goes. Right, that's it for Sunday. Um, we'll be back tomorrow, of course, and it's the last week of the Kev's Daily Photo Challenge. We've only got to do five more, Kev. Five more. Can you hang in there? five more yeah i'm gonna do numbers what, what? Mo- started at one monday is number, number one. one tuesday you've got a photograph something to do with the number two that could be awkward uh wednesday, <laughs> wednesday you've got to do yes i see where it's where it's going no i'd like you to be more creative please mm. <laughs> have, have a nice sunday bye-bye the fuji cast is an independent loading zone production goodbye sweetheart well it's time to go
We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye.